O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. So this morning's gospel lesson is the story known most commonly as the parable of the talents. A master gives his servants varying amounts of talents, money, to manage on his behalf while he's away. When he comes back, we see that they what they have done with those talents and what the master says to them about their stewardship. While given to the people of that time, likely to address again that the Lord's return would not be a quick one, so not to be idle, this parable also has real truths for us today as well. We too have been gifted by God with varying talents and abilities, as well as money, to be used faithfully for God's purposes. You and I are stewards entrusted with what our master has given us. Talents on loan from God, we might say. So how are we using what we've been given? Faithfully or not so much? We too are called to be faithful stewards of our master's talents. So the point in the parable of the talents is that while we are waiting for Christ's return, there are still things for us to do. It's not just an idle waiting. No, our master gives each of us talents to use for his purpose. And we are to make the most of them while we're waiting. The parable of the talents depicts what the kingdom of heaven will be like as we wait for Christ's return. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. This is a picture of the church on earth in the time between Christ's ascension and his second coming. In other words, it's a picture of the church right now. Our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ, has entrusted us with his property, his goods, his possessions. Right away, this sets the story in the realm of stewardship. What Christ has entrusted to us are his belongings, not ours. They're on loan to us, his servants. Or as we talked about a bit of this summer, the word doulos would probably more accurately be translated slaves to be used according to our master's wishes. The idea of stewardship is that all this stuff we have isn't our own. It belongs to our master. We are his stewards, managing the resources he has entrusted to us. And what is required of a steward is that he be faithful. And as his property ourselves, being slaves, we should desire to see our master's wealth increase. To one, he gave five talents. To another, two. To another, one. To each according to his ability. Notice that in this parable, the amounts entrusted to the slaves vary. Some have been given more than others. And this tells us right here that he's not talking about the basic and fundamental gift of salvation, since that is the same for each and every follower of Jesus alike. Rather, we're talking about the various gifts and abilities and opportunities that God gives each of us since those do indeed vary from person to person. They are not the same for every Christian. 
For every St. Paul or Dr. Martin Luther, men of enormous talent, undaunted courage, intellectual brilliance, and historic opportunity, for every once-in-a-millennium saint like that, there are thousands of unsung ordinary saints. We may not have the same gift set as those superheroes of the faith, but nevertheless, we are called to faithfulness in our use of the gifts that God has given to us. Here, we want to avoid two extremes. On the one hand, we shouldn't overestimate the gifts God has given us, as though I am some indispensable pillar of the church that the church just cannot survive without. Right, that's pride, exactly. On the other hand, don't underestimate the gifts and abilities God has given you either. That's a false, excessive humility. You see, whether or not you believe it, you do have things you can contribute to the life of the church according to your calling. You may not think it's much, but God has gifted you the way he has so that you can use your gifts in the service of his kingdom. He has. Even little things can mean a lot. What matters is not how much you have in comparison to others, but rather that you are faithful with whatever, with whatever you do have, with whatever you have been given, no matter how much or how little that may be. So how has God gifted you? God has things for you to do with those gifts. Are you a child? God wants you to develop your talents in an all-around way, your body, mind, your knowledge of the Bible and the Christian faith, so you can live out a life of service to your fullest potential. Even now, you can help in your home, at church, and school, showing the love of Jesus and how you live towards others. Are you a father or a mother? You have been given the gift of children entrusted to your care. What higher stewardship can there be than that? You have the calling and the duty to teach your children the word of God, to raise up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's your number one job. My calling as a pastor is to help you do that. You older saints, those of you with a little more free time on your hands will say, God's not finished with you yet either. You have years of wisdom and experience to draw on and teachings to share and encouragement to impart to those around you. We each have gifts given by our Father in heaven. We all have talents and skills that can be used in God's service in the many tasks to be done in the church. Do you want to know how you can help? Just ask. There are lots of ways for you to help. All of us together make up the body of Christ. And just as in the human body, where we need all parts doing their job, the toenail and the armpit, as well as the eyes, ears, and mouth, so also in the church, we need all hands on deck, each doing their part, large or small, for the body to function to its fullest. So Christ gives us gifts that vary, or talents, to return to the language of the story. You know we use the word talents to mean gifts and abilities and skills that people have, things that they do in the English language, but in the parable and in the Greek, the term talents specifically refers to money. A talent was a unit of money, after all. 
So let's not forget that. And so the talents we can and should use for the work of the kingdom include not just our abilities, but also, yes, our money. The stuff in your bank account and pocketbook, those financial resources, those too are gifts from God. He gives us the ability to earn our money after all. The actual talents that we have that we often misuse for our own personal gain instead of the growth and well-being of his church. And our money can be put to good use for God's kingdom through the work of the church. Your money doesn't really belong to you after all, does it? It belongs to God. All of it, 100%. Now, some of it, of course, you need for food and shelter and clothing for your family, which is why God has given you this ability. Beyond that, though, some of the money God entrusts to you can be put to use for the church's ministry to support the preaching of the word and the administration of the sacraments here in this congregation and abroad throughout the rest of Canada and the, and the world, which then helps the spread of the gospel far and wide through various missions and ministry efforts of the church at large to help the poor and needy through works of mercy to reach further as a group pooling its resources than you could ever hope to help as an individual. So yes, your talents include your dollars and cents, which are not really yours, but God's. Those dollars have been entrusted to you to use wisely and faithfully to shore up and extend God's kingdom. Now, back to the parable. A couple of the servants put their talents to work, earning more in the process. They don't end up with the same amount, but then they didn't have an equal amount to start with. But they were equally faithful, equally faithful with whatever amount they had been given. However, there was this one guy who spoils the story. He doesn't do anything with the talent he was given. Instead, he hides his master's money, digs a hole and buries it. Now the master returns. The faithful servants, the faithful stewards, report in, telling the master how they had put his money to work. The master's response in each case well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Here we see a most gracious and generous master. It was his grace and generosity in the first place that gave them anything to work with. It was his money they were managing, not their own. So it is for us. The talents and abilities we have and the money we have, we realize that they come from God's gracious hand. As we confess in the small catechism, he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and still takes care of them. And on top of that, our gracious God has even redeemed us in Christ to live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. More grace. Christ's holy, precious blood has purchased and won me from all my sins, from death and from the power of the devil. The cleansing water of holy baptism has brought me into Christ's church and given me the spirit to live and work for his kingdom, just as he has done for you. Grace upon grace. And when Christ returns on that last day, the fact that he will actually commend us saying, well done, and calling us good and faithful? Wow, that can only be God's grace 
because I know that my stewardship hasn't always been that great. My stewardship of time, talents, and treasures hasn't been what it could have been. I haven't always done well. I have been wasteful and selfish, not always so good and faithful. So there are rewards of grace, pure grace, that Christ will award to us when he welcomes us into his eternal joy. You and I would have no reward at all if it wasn't for his sake. And he does. That is what is so wonderful, isn't it? The grace of God in Christ to entrust us with any kind of stewardship at all in the first place is amazing. To reward us by his grace in spite of our many failures. What a gracious God we have. Back to the parable. The one guy who buries his talent and doesn't do anything with it. Well, it is his unbelief that damns him. There was no faith living there. Because faith always produces fruit. The wicked and slothful servant had the wrong belief about his master. He insulted and assailed the very character of his master. Revealing his lack of faith. And so he's cast out into the utter darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. But thank God that you and I will be received into heavenly joy. Enter into the joy of your master. That is what we will hear. My fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, we know our Lord to be good and gracious, a most generous Lord. We know that we are saved not by our works, but by the faith planted in us through the blessed waters of holy baptism by the Holy Spirit, a faith in the saving work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. His death and resurrection is what saves us, not how well we serve. And so now we can take that service joyfully out into the world, investing our talents in order for God to see the return. But that being said, God has gifted us with talents in abundance. Each of us with the right amount for who he wants us to be and what he wants us to do. Whatever your talents, your natural gifts and abilities, your acquired skills, the opportunities God sets before you for love and service and, yes, your money, these are talents you can put to use in God's kingdom. So do this individually in our daily lives. We do this individually in our daily lives. And we do it collectively in our life together as church. It is required of a steward that he be faithful. No, we can't do it perfectly. And yes, we do fail regularly. And that's where God's forgiveness for Christ's sake comes in. Through word and sacrament, you are forgiven. Your faith is being strengthened. And that in turn strengthens your faithfulness. To be a faithful steward, you need the ongoing forgiveness to pick you up when you fall. You need the continued strengthening that only comes through the ministry of the gospel in the church. These means of grace are God's gifts to you to help you to be the faithful steward God has called you to be, and he knows that you can be. Grace upon grace upon grace. Until our Lord returns, he will strengthen you for his service and stewardship so that you will faithfully use your talents, talents on loan from God. And when our Lord returns, he will commend you and welcome you with these most gracious words, well done, good and faithful servant. 
You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please rise as we join together in singing the Te Deum on page 223.